Welcome and thank you for tuning in to Kineticast. I'm your host, Bo Sauls. This podcast brings on many different guests from different walks of life. The main focus is movement, performance, and rehab. We have Kairos, PTs, athletic trainers, coaches, CrossFitters, athletes, and much more that each have a different point of view when it comes to movement. I will also be taking some of them through a functional movement screen called CAMS and seeing how well they move themselves. Kineticense, the 3D functional movement assessment technology, has sponsored this podcast to help spread different theories and knowledge about the human body. Today, we have CEO and co-founder of Kineticense, Dr. Ryan Camo, speaking about how and why Kineticense was created, monetization strategies, planar reactivity, kinematic sequencing, concussion assessments, and much more. Our episodes usually run about 15 to 30 minutes. But because of the information that we acquired during this podcast, this one's going to run a little bit longer. Follow us on Instagram at Kineticast. And after the episode, go on to your podcast application and leave us some feedback. Let's go ahead and get started with the movement ecosystem with Dr. Ryan Camo. Thank you for tuning in to Kineticast's first episode. Today we have the founder and CEO of Kineticense, which is a system that analyzes 3D functional movement, Dr. Ryan Camo. Ryan, thank you for coming on and being a part of the first episode. Hey, Bo. It is honestly a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Of course. We'd love to have you on. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about how Kineticense got started? That's a, you know, honestly a great question. Uh, really, Kineticense was a, uh, a project, a software system that I kind of stumbled into, to be honest. Really, what happened was during my undergraduate time when I was at the University of Alberta, I had this awesome opportunity to be able to work in, in a Vicon lab. So uh, a Vicon lab being one of those, those university research labs that, right. that analyze biomechanics, you know, these labs that we see for Parkinson research, uh, cerebral palsy research were some of the projects that we did and give you incredible objective data. Uh, these, you know, the same labs that we see with when they're assessing athletes uh, or, lo- or looking at movements of athletes and, you know, EA sports, for instance. Yeah. And the really cool thing about these labs is that they're, I mean, they're massive, right? And, and uh, they, they're, they're huge labs. They have a nine camera Vicon system and they track movement incredibly well, right? These, these labs where you have to wear the black suit and it has the white markers, right? But one of the problems with these labs is that they, they just take so long for the setup and they take so long to calibrate the system. So it's not practical. No, not at all, but incredible data. Right. Uh, so I was exposed to this in my undergraduate studies. And then when going into my grad studies and, 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 and really into my third year, I remember sitting in a biomechanics class and our instructor talking about different ways to assess biomechanics. And he brings out those handheld tools, you know, the, the, namely the goniometer and inclinometer, right. which every physiotherapist, <laughs> every chiropractor uh, knows of, and explains to me how these tools have been around for over 150 years. But yet, this is still the gold standard for getting biomechanical data, albeit joint by joint uh, assessment, really not functional assessment. Right. And I remember sitting there puzzled after he tells us that, that really there's the, these tools lack inter-examiner reliability. Uh, so what I mean by that is, is that, you know, my assessments of someone's shoulder, for instance, are going to give completely different results than, than another practitioner that uses the tool to assess the same patient in the same shoulder, just based on the fact that I'm going to place 
those tools on different on different bony landmarks uh, of the body. Yeah, how do we, how do we know we're putting it on the same spot? Yeah, exactly. There's really there's really no standardization, and and so so that's when I guess my obsession started with trying to find a better way, right? Trying to find a way to to fill this gap that we see in you know between the research systems and what the movement specialists, right? The the personal trainers, the the chiropractors, the physiotherapists. Uh, you know the sports medical doctors and what they what they have in clinic. So that's what that's what started that the drive to try to find a better way. And uh, and about five years ago, we started to look into markers, wearable sensors. Um, we found that that you know really diving into the wearable sensor uh, opportunity that really that didn't fit into the efficiency of the clinic. Right? These these practitioners and coaches and trainers they need to get assessment quickly. And they can't spend time having to set up the system. So we found that 3D motion capture was starting to come available to the masses. And, uh, and using the, the Xbox system, I mean, everyone's played, uh, used the oh, Xbox yeah. <laughs> system. Uh, the, the Xbox Kinect camera, we actually contacted Microsoft and told them about these opportunities that we were looking to do with, with analyzing functional movement. And, um, and it's just been, it's just been outstanding since then. We've, we've had the opportunity to, to, uh, make our one camera front free, front facing system, uh, as accurate as the Vicon for the movements that we assess. That's awesome. And, uh, so it's just been outstanding because now we have a tool that fills that gap that gives, you know, incredible objective data, incredibly efficient in seconds, and also engages the patient to a whole other level really changing the game and in, in uh, movement analysis altogether. Yeah, definitely. So that's, you kind of saw uh, there being a gap. It's talked about the gap and that's the gap between your Vicon system, which is the big nine camera system that we know for the gaming. Right. And then you see it goes down to these handheld devices that have to manually be placed onto the human body and placed the same way practitioner practitioner as well as eyeballing correct like a lot of yeah a lot of yeah. practitioners just eyeball they don't even use those you know it was interesting when i was looking into this issue uh when i was in that my third year of graduate studies i actually went out into the los angeles area and uh and did a questionnaire based little mini study so to speak and uh and, and i'd ask practitioners and trainers you know how do you assess and um and you know they could they could pick on the list they could they could choose you know wearables they could choose you know goniometric inclinometer or simply eyeballing yeah and over seventy five percent of of uh, the practitioners and trainers simply eyeball their their assessments but it's because of what's available they know that the goniometer and inclinometer are just not reliable and accurate so mine will just eyeball. But you think about how subjective that is, yeah. especially in healthcare, and how really healthcare needs to be data driven. We need to be able to show the changes to the patient over time with simple graphs, uh, with visuals, uh, with numbers, right? And because uh, it's impossible for a practitioner to remember, you know, a week before or even a few days before where the patient, uh, where they, what they were able to attain. Um, the other issue is that these handheld tools like Ganyama and Inclinometer, they, that's joint by joint assessment. Right. We're talking functional movement now. We want to know how the body moves in sequence. We want to know how the upper body compensates for the lower body, vice versa, throughout different movements. 
That is the science of movement now, as we know, it's functional movement. And unfortunately, this, the same problem is occurring with how we analyze functional movement, right? A lot of these functional movement screens, which uh, I give them a, a ton of credit for, for standardizing somewhat how movement is assessed, they're done, they're done visually. How can we possibly assess full body motion how can we possibly get three planar data or information? The overhead view, transverse view is what, what we call it. Uh, the side view, which is the, you know, the, the sagittal and then, and then the, the frontal plane. Right. How can we get that data when we're sitting there standing watching someone? And then we're stuck on a zero, one, two, three scoring system for function. Yeah, that's it makes little. no sense. And, yeah. and really, as you know, function is, is you cannot score at 0, 1, 2, 3. It's on a continuum. It's, it's a 0 to 100 right. uh, scale. Um, you're either moving towards or away from function. And when you, when, you clump, when you clump function into these numbers, 0, 1, 2, or 3, I mean, we really miss the boat on that. We don't see, we don't see trends. We don't, we're not able to, to follow the trends in, in improvement or regression with movement. And, uh, and we've solved that uh, with this 3D functional movement system called Kinetisense. Awesome. So we basically, we saw a gap then. You saw a gap. You filled that gap to take it away from eyeballing, from subjective data, and now moving to objective data that analyzes full body at the same time as well as the transverse, which means the overhead or bird's eye view as well for the listeners. Right. So we have that. So we also, we titled this episode, The Movement Ecosystem. What does this term mean, and why is it important to practitioners and patients alike? That goes back to a little bit of uh, you know my I guess my family dynamics, so to speak. You know, I come from a medical family, but my my father being a medical doctor, and uh, we actually have four boys in the family. I'm the oldest of four, uh, and myself and the youngest are chiropractors. And uh, the the two middle brothers are medical doctors. Oh wow! Right? So. <laughs> You know, you, you get you get to learn a lot about you know the medical paradigm. You get to learn a lot about obviously through our training the prevention paradigm, right? And uh, you know the atomistic uh, versus prevention really mm -hmm. is what it is. And with the but you also learn a lot about how how the, the paradigm is shifting in healthcare right now. And what's happening is we're seeing this this multidisciplinary landscape that we've never seen before. So we have, we have ortho, orthopedic surgeons that are referring to chiropractors, to physios. We have medical doctors referring. We have trainers now, which really come into this, into this paradigm shift as well, too. That's cool. As really huge players in the long-term changes and lifestyle changes. I mean, right? they're, they're the ones that are, that are working on the performance aspect and the, and the strengthening all that, like outside of the practitioner's office. Absolutely. I mean, you think of, uh, think of a case recently, you know, in our clinic where we had an individual with frozen shoulder. She had frozen shoulder for, for over two years, right? Arm was pretty much pinned to her side. And um, so she was, you know, working with the medical doctor and they weren't getting any progress. Did, you know, did physiotherapy had some progress. Then was referred to an orthopedic surgeon and they, you know, they tried to do injections um, with cortisone. Didn't see huge relief uh, or saw some relief, but not a, not a whole lot of improvements in range of motion. Right. Yeah. Which then, you know, the orthopod referred that patient to, to us. And we were able 
to show the minute changes because frozen shoulder is a difficult case, obviously, but the small little changes that we could do in range of motion in her arm from session to session. And I truly believe the physiotherapist before me was doing incredible work. And I think the physiotherapist was making changes, but just didn't have the data or the tools to show that. So what happened was, you know, the patient was frustrated and wanted to switch to a different practitioner or try a different type of treatment and, and gave up on, on the, that physiotherapist, wow. right? Whereas, you know, in our clinic, they stuck to and uh, really were compliant with the whole treatment plan. Not because we're, we're necessarily, I'm necessarily a better practitioner, but, but because I was able to just show the data. Yeah. And she could see those improvements and we would send those reports back to the medical doctor, back to the orthopedic surgeon. And they were just absolutely delighted. And the patient made uh, really a full recovery. And then knowing that some cases of frozen, frozen shoulder will come back, right, right? As the research tells us in some cases, we were then able to transition her into personal training strengthening certain you know the different areas of the body where she had gone into compensation you know getting the body back in balance and uh and now we're, we're about a year out from my care with this patient the personal training has completely changed their life you know this this uh this patient's lifestyle and and uh that's an example there of the ecosystem yeah definitely the ecosystem of different practitioners that play different roles all valuable roles, but at the center of the ecosystem is always the patient. Right. Right. And and then we surround that patient with you know as practitioners, but we're all communicating in that ecosystem with the same data. So basically, what you're saying is the data has now become a universal language that Bingo. that a patient, a practitioner, an ortho, a chiro, PT, right. personal trainer, athletic trainer, CrossFit coach. Everybody can now speak the same language and understand instead of everyone speaking a different language and getting lost in translation. Absolutely. That's exactly what it is. We cannot be multidisciplinary. We cannot be in an ecosystem of movement enhancement and, and really healthcare because the majority of our healthcare issues right now are, are, are musculoskeletal based. We, yeah. know that. we cannot be in that ecosystem unless we all analyze with the same tool have the same data, speak the same language, yeah. right? Because what's the, what are the, what's the underlying goal of every healthcare practitioner or trainer? The underlying goal is to engage, is to heal, right? Help yeah. them move better, help them feel better, help them be more functional, yeah. right? Be able to do the, the, the activities of daily life that this person wants to do, needs to do, and at the end of the day, the compliance and the engagement of the system drives better outcomes. Right. We have to be outcome driven. If we can show better outcomes and do that through better collaboration, which means better communication, which means using the same language, yeah. then we've made a huge change in how we, we run our healthcare system, how we how we treat our patients, how we, how we get results. And clearly the patient likes it. I mean, you talked about how they looked for another practitioner. I mean, you said it, not me. That mm -hmm. PT was probably doing the exact same thing as you Absolutely. and just making as much gain as, as you were. For sure. But the patient was able to see the increase 
why the kineticense and like be able to see an increase of degree of range of motion during this frozen shoulder yeah. that maybe they couldn't feel or see because mm-hmm. treatment can take 20 to 30 minutes. Right. And then 20 to 30 minutes later, even though it's 10 degrees, mm-hmm. you don't realize that 10 degrees, you think it's the same thing. Right. And the cool thing about this whole story is that physiotherapist who is an incredible physiotherapist, uh, I have incredible respect for him. Um, he now uses kineticense. Awesome. So now we're able to we're, we're just able back to and forth send everything. Exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. Exactly. So it, it we we developed this little mac- microcosmic level, this little mini ecosystem that we think uh, on a macroscopic level is going to be outstanding for healthcare in general. And we're starting to see these waves happening, and it's very exciting how a technology that you know our initial goal of just trying to make assessment more objective, make it make it better, give more to the, pa- to the practitioner and the patient has actually really started to uh, change the whole dynamic of assessment and rehab altogether. We're talking about evolution of healthcare. That's exactly it. And that, and that, that is the, that is the kineticense ecosystem. That's crazy. Yeah. I get goosebumps. We're just sitting here. We're, we're two <laughs> questions into this, into this podcast and uh, I'm getting goosebumps. Well, it's been a really, it's been a really <laughs> cool thing. And, and it's been, uh, it's, it's definitely something that uh, we're passionate about. That's awesome. So we have, we have the basis of the ecosystem now. So how can the kineticense connect the practitioner to other practitioners we've talked about, right? We've talked about how the PT can use the kinescence since he got it after you got it. Right. He can now take all the data and send that to you, correct? Is that, is that how that works? Will it go back and forth between practitioners or what, what's the thing there? Yeah, so obviously, you know, looking at, you know, compliance and everything like that, practitioners that are in the, in the same clinic, we can, we can set the systems up to be able to communicate that way. But really the easiest way to communicate is the system will automatically generate reports. Right? So after you're done doing a bunch of assessments over a course of time, uh, at any point, you can generate an automatic report that shows the changes in range of motion, shows the changes in functional movement, uh, shows the changes in you know, the visual analog scale. And that can easily be printed out, can be emailed to the other practitioners that this person is seeing or has seen. It's amazing the response, you know, like the orthopedic surgeon, for instance, he normally, you know, didn't really refer out to physiotherapy or chiropractic a whole lot, believe it or not. And since he's, he's receiving these, these reports, that's completely changed. They've never had that level of, of objective analysis before. And now they get that level of objective analysis from the practitioners that are working on their cases. And, um, and it just, it really bolsters communication and, and opportunity uh, right. I mean, obviously as practitioners, we want referrals. Yeah. We want referrals. And, uh, that's one of the things we didn't, we didn't really foresee early on in the development of kineticense, but it's definitely one of the major aspects of, of how does this, you know, really build your practice. Yeah. So you're immediately moving into expanding the walls of your clinic. Correct. Correct. So you're no longer stuck in this clinic or having to do spinal screenings as a Cairo or PT going out and doing just movement assessments or going out and having to shadow an ortho and trying to find your own patients and work to do this. We're building an ecosystem here now. Right. This is something that you're going to be able to have in your clinic that's going to drive patients into the door. Mm-hmm. And as a personal trainer or CrossFit coach, it's going to drive athletes into your door because now we're doing like objective data instead of subjective data. And you're giving them something they can see and they have a trackable progress 
you know, everything. You made you made a fantastic point, Bo. It what's happening now in healthcare is that there's this there's this shift that's occurring away from intervention, right? Um, having you know you know an abnormal finding on a blood panel or whatever whatever it is, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, we talked about the obesity epidemic, all, all these different things that diabetes, are causing, yeah, yeah, diabetes, type two diabetes, you know, all of you can't certain cancers yep. and, um, and what they're, they know this now, and we've known this for a long time, but the research is saying that, you know, intervention is not the best model. What is the best model is prevention. Yeah. So it's funny how chiropractors and physiotherapists, we've kind of become these practitioners that people don't come to us when they're, when, you know, before they're, before they get injured, really right. a lot of times. Um, you know, they feel pain or they need to get adjusted or they need to get soft tissue work or what have you because they, you know, they, they can't do the things it's, they it's want It's more to reactive than proactive, right? It kind of is. Yeah. And it's really interesting. Fitness is a little bit different, right? Yeah. Fitness is more proactive. but Which is good. It, but one of the things that, that I've been saying to, you know, chiropractors, physiotherapists is that add functional movement screens. Screen people that are athletes that yeah. may not have pain. Go out in the community, talk to these sports organizations and say, you know, we have a three minute screen that's going to analyze function, gives a ton of data. And we're going to go through athletes and screen them at various points of the season. Yeah. How powerful is that? Because now you'll be able to find compensations, try planar compensations. So in all three planes, and you're going to be able to act on those dysfunctions they have. And not only make them a better athlete because they're moving more efficiently, they're firing the right muscles in the right sequence, you know, called kinematic sequencing, right? right. Um, they're, but they're also, we're also preventing them from possible injury. Right. Right. You know, non-contact ACL injuries, for instance, right? Uh, the, the single leg vertical leap that we have in our Kinetosense Advanced Movement Screen called CAMS. I love that thing, by the way. Uh, gives data and information on asymmetry from left to right and how that correlates to non-contact ACL injuries, which are really, you know, you look at soccer, you look at uh, basketball, it's plaguing these sports. Well, female volleyball, 15 year old, 15 year old female volleyball player is my biggest example. Right. Going up to the net to block somebody, no contact, jumping straight up, moving their arms to block, they land and tear an ACL. Exactly. And I mean, it's, it's, we can start to identify these compensations with a system like this, and we can start to act on those uh, compensations and, and really make the changes we need to make before that injury ever occurs. Because those injuries can absolutely be devastating, devastating. And you talk about, you know, after the injury, all the rehab that, that that's, uh, entails and all the compensations that have kind of filtered into the body at that point. And so I, I really think that in the past that rehab and performance were, were kind of somewhat mutually exclusive. Right. And that kind of developed a little bit of a paradigm, didn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I think that now that is completely changed. I'd say in the last five to 10 years, when I go to a seminar and, uh, you know, a, a chiropractor or physiotherapy seminar, half of the attendees in there are personal trainers. Yeah, definitely. You know, going to chiropractic seminars, we have physios and personal trainers going to personal training seminars. We have chiros and physios there. I mean, the ecosystem is in full force and uh, it's incredibly exciting and to add a level of objectivity and allow for enhanced communication that's uh, you know that that that's the next step and now we have 
a, an affordable system, it's a portable system, it's an engaging system, and it's reproducible and allows for that level of communication, which is just outstanding. You're, you're literally giving uh, athletic trainers, personal trainers, CrossFit coaches, chiropractors, PTs, anybody that does any kind of movement assessment, you're giving them a Vicon system, which is a $200,000 system, nine camera setup. Yeah, more. more Well, yeah, you have a clinic. uh, You can have the $4 million setup normally, but the Vicon itself, that can go to two to what, $400,000? Yeah. And, and, and we really believe, you know, we use this term quite often. It's, 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 let's be scientific. Right. Right. And are you a trainer? Are you a chiropractor? Are you a physiotherapist? Are you a sports med doctor? Or are you a movement scientist? Right. And this technology moves you from those things into the realm of being a movement scientist. You are now using three motion capture data to assess. And as we know, the assessment is the, one of the most crucial components because that's going to drive us in, okay, what's, into what is our treatment plan? What are our treatment goals? What is the best course of training or treatment for this specific injury or athlete to what their needs are? If you have great assessment and it's data-driven and reproducible every single time, then you're going to pick the best course of action, which means you're going to have the best outcomes. Yeah. That's what it's all about. If you're missing that assessment stage and it's not strong, you're doing visual assessment and you're not getting data, there's going to be some leaks right, over the course of the treatment. There's going to be some leaks and that's going to ultimately affect the overall outcomes. Okay. So we've got a lot lot of info in here. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot now. I'm going to give you three different types of people. We've already mentioned them over and over again, but now I want you to tell me only three, let's not go too long on it, but three monetization strategies for each one using the kineticists. Like how, how can I, we'll start with Cairo because I'm a Cairo. So how can me using the kineticists as a chiropractor monetize it, bring people into my, now I can touch more lives. How do I do that specifically? Now, I don't want to go very long because we've already yep. talked about doing another episode on this. We're going to do, we're going to get yeah. that for everybody. We'll do a monetization right. episode, but right. let's start with Cairo. Let's sure. go three points. So, so uh, with chiropractic, uh, one of the best monetization strategies is getting out in the community. Uh, we don't have to do spinal screenings anymore at the mall, <laughs> right? Yeah. We don't have to do this anymore. Go to the community, talk to the sports organizations, show them this amazing technology that you have. And do assessments, expand the walls of your clinic, get out there, do assessments. It's amazing how these athletes uh, will start to become patients of yours and you'll quickly take over that patient market and expose people to chiropractic that would, you know, maybe never have gone to chiropractic. Yeah. Um, the second way that you can do this, I'm thinking, you know, uh, in-house, for instance, okay. show the patient their posture, for instance, before you do manipulation or soft tissue. Treat them and then take another capture and show them on the screen the changes you made. Okay, this is a huge thing too because I've actually done this and you do a 3D posture capture on kineticence and then you adjust them full spine. You can do another one. This takes, what, five minutes? And you seconds, well, yeah, the assessment, oh, assessment's the a second. Yeah, 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 it's, a, yeah. it's literally capture safe. Right. That is all the assessment is. Right. But it takes five minutes to go through this process, and the patient gets up 
and they visually see a difference. They visually see the benefit of the chiropractic adjustment, which has not been seen by any patient. They felt it. We right. tried to show them. We've tried many things. We've right. used many sciences, great sciences to show them, yep. but we have yet to visually show the patient the benefit of the chiropractic adjustment. In all three planes. Oh, the, biggest, the biggest change being in that transverse overhead plane, which we've never really assessed before. And uh, no, it's, it's outstanding. So it, you talk about compliance and that patient coming back, referring to other people, right? It's, it's outstanding. I got I to gotta, I gotta jump in on a story real quick. Yeah. I'm a functional movement guy. You know I love functional movement. I want to do, that's what I'm going to go off of. I want to screen everybody. Right. That's what we're doing when you come in. Right. I was doing this with patients. When I started using the 3D posture capture snapshot, they came in and told me they didn't want to do functional movement. They just want to get adjusted. Right. How often does that happen where you have patients that are, I'm going to do an athletic base. I'm going to do this. We're going to build strength. Right. And they just switch to straight adjustment yeah that's now crazy we, now we show them why they feel better after being yeah. manipulated it's uh it's science though yeah it's definitely. science of how we change the, the neuromuscular system and, and the system shows that uh quickly to the third point yes yeah, sorry that was my uh, no sorry hey, that's okay <laughs> that's okay no uh, the, to the third point you know another another strategy is sending these reports to their doctors yeah even if the doctor doesn't know they're seeing you as a practitioner for whatever it is Send these reports back showing the changes you're making. It's amazing what that does for referrals. Unbelievable. Right? These, these other practitioners that you send these reports to, they really do appreciate that and they really hold you at a, at a, at a higher level. Uh, you've raised the bar. And that differentiates you. You're now an evidence-based practitioner and your clinic is now evidence-based. The patients see it. They hold you at a higher standard now right? Above all else, the, the other practitioners see it, right? And it actually starts to change the way that you treat your patients and, or how you adjust your patients or what have you. It changes the whole dynamic of your clinic and it's so simple to integrate. That's awesome. So, okay, we've got Cairo. Now, obvious next step is going to be PT. Right. Um, you know, physiotherapy, the, the, the same idea as chiropractic, the first point that I made of getting out in the public, right? We're, we're, we've been so limited by the, you know, the brick and mortar of our clinic. Right. Right. I no, this is a portable system. It's a laptop that has a camera that attaches and you put it on a tripod, get out to the sports organization, start assessing. Yeah. And it'll just drive people into your clinic. Um, you know, I, and, and also, in, and, and this is for chiropractors too, but for physiotherapists, there are codes where you can bill insurance for these assessments. Oh, that's cool. So that's another <laughs> point, right? These physiotherapists, um, they can have their staff even run the system because it's like three clicks. And it's so fast. They're really, it's not a hard system to yeah, use. Yeah, start, stop, save is not right. a hard concept. So, so now you have a staff member doing that, those assessments. I, I really like the idea. And I know that a lot of physiotherapists do this. Some chiropractors have this set up as well. Well, they'll have a kinesiologist in-house, right? They'll have a room dedicated to a kinesiologist for the exercise we yeah. have, right? I mean, imagine having your kinesiologist being able to run concussion baseline screens or, uh, you know, the, the CAMS functional movement screen and being able to bring people into your clinic that aren't in pain but want to work on performance or avoid pain and, and uh, injury. That's the goal. Changes the game. It adds a whole new segment to your clinic. We want to prevent injury. Right. That's why we all do this. We want people to feel better. Right, right. And that's, that's really, I mean, that, that's, that's the, the big, big thing that we've seen with physiotherapy or physiotherapists using the system. Okay. Um, you know, the third point, uh, you know, with 
with this, uh, the implementation or integration of, of Kineticense is uh, it can also be a value-added service that you have to your current uh, patient base. Yeah, very right? true. Where they, they're coming in, they, maybe they've been seeing you for a while off and on, you can now say, hey, we have this new service now and I'd like to run a functional movement screen on you to see if there's anything that we're missing. You know, maybe your shoulder pain that we're working on is coming from compensations uh, from a different part of the body. Maybe yeah. your shoulder's trying to make up for, uh, you know, a plantar dysfunction somewhere else. And, and when you say plantar dysfunction, let's go ahead and explain that yeah. to the listeners. I want them to sure. understand what that, that means fully too. Sure. So, so as we know, we have different, we have different joints and some joints are multi-plantar, you know, like the hip, for instance, right? Yeah. Um, you know, some, some joints move mainly in, in one plane or are supposed to mainly move in one plane. Talk about the knee, for instance. We get a little bit of transverse plane rotation, a little bit, right? right. We obviously, a little bit. but the main planes it's supposed to work in is the is that that uh, flexion extension transverse plane. So, those are just you know two two joints. To give you an example. What happens is when we get a compensation or an injury and we lose mobility in or even a little bit of mobility in one of those planes. Let's let's say the hip, for instance we lose the ability to move in the transverse plane, right? Mm -hmm. What'll oftentimes happen is that movement, especially with athletes that have to, you know, run, jump, do all these things, cut, uh, that has to transfer somewhere else in order to have proper, you know, to, to have locomotion, to have, to be able to do that movement that they need to do, right? At a split second, in a split second in the game or at practice or what have you. So, where does that, where do we then grab some of that transverse plane movement? Yeah. Oh, we'll probably go to the knee. Or we'll go to the, you know, the, the low back. That's what you meant, like the, the transverse plane is going to shift down Exactly. Into the so knee. now, you talk, let's talk about the knee, for instance. So now they have to drive some rotation into the knee. Well, guess what? That is not what the knee is really meant to do over and over and over and over again. Right. So you start to get some, some, uh, lose the integrity, the structure integrity of the ligaments, right? You start to get guarding of certain muscles, right? And it works its way down the chain. And obviously extra, the Extra angle, pressure on the meniscus? The meniscus. So we now have these non-contact meniscal tears, ACL tears, MCL tears, you know, terrible triad, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And even, even, you know, you talk about contact, like a lateral contact to the knee. Uh, how come some people that take contact inside of the knee, like in football, walk away with no injury at all, but the same impact would absolutely cause someone else's knee to buckle completely and tear. I mean, I believe that it's from just that repetitive strain and, and lack of integrity of, of those uh, ligaments and tendons and everything yep. like that from yep. having to compensate from maybe a hip yep. or an ankle I agree. Uh, that's not moving in the proper plane. So that is very valuable because if you only treat the knee, you're not you're missing so much. This right. Is, this goes down to the whole. Let's look at someone functionally and correct. Life. You have to look at someone functionally. Let's look at not only the joints above and below, but you know elsewhere in the body too. Right. All the fascial have, planes. You can have upper body compensations like in the shoulder that that uh, you know in an overhead squat where someone's going to try to make up for those deficits even in the lower body. Yeah. Um, or ankle to shoulder. We're starting to learn more of this, and the cool thing with kinetosense is that we're actually starting to map out what what is the proper sequencing or kinematic sequencing for certain movements certain planes that's awesome why do certain people get injured are they moving differently and we're actually starting to see this that they're they're sequencing off in different planes so that's that uh that that triplanar multiplanar kinematic sequencing that, that we speak of 
Okay, so we're definitely running longer than we would want to. <laughs> so, uh, no worries. That's I'm getting funny. excited about this. That's stuff. great. Yeah, me too. So this is, but this is what we want, right? This right. is this is what everybody wants to hear too. We want to hear this information. This is what we want to learn. Now, last thing, I know we have listeners waiting for this one. Right. So we're gonna say fitness specialist and exercise specialist because I want that to be all encompassing. I don't want this to be like only CrossFit coaches, and I don't want it to be right. only personal trainers. Right. How can they monetize the kind of sense? That's um that's one of the areas we're talking about fitness and, and training, right? Where they, they really they really need a tool like this more than ever. Because they, they don't have the Ghanaian ring clinometer and uh, or they, they don't really use it much like the practitioner would. But they also don't necessarily always have the same level of assessment, visual assessment skills that a practitioner or clinician would have, even though those are those are uh, lackluster at best even for the practitioner, right? Yeah, right? definitely. And um, so, so with this tool, you talk about fitness, they want to drive people in the door and get people moving. Yeah, right. for sure. Again, going out in the community, you're saying, you know, your first 3D functional movement screen is free. Just come in, we'll assess you, and we'll sit down and talk about the findings. So now... You, you bring people into the clinic. You maybe partner with sports teams again, right? Yep. Bring people in. You get them in your, in your space. You get them to uh, sit down with the trainer. And you get to go over some of these dysfunctions that are showing up on the system and make a plan and explain to them why this is important. Cool. Empowering movement. So obviously, you know, you, you make a plan and you have a certain amount of sessions where you think that that's is going to be required to get, their, get them to their goal. Right, empowering performance. Um, that's that's one of the big things. The other thing too is is you know a lot of these facilities, they already have a patient base or sorry client base. Client base. Yeah, client yeah. base. Um, this is another service that they can add that's different uh, than just their you know monthly membership, so to speak. I was talking about very like a differentiator then. Huge differentiator, huge differentiator, and a whole other component to their training. Yeah. You know why do people start to plateau when they lift? You talk about CrossFit, right? Oh, they yeah. plateau. They just can't. They, they can't seem to lift more, get any stronger. Why? It's because they've lack. They've lost the efficiency of movement. They're using the wrong muscles at the right wrong time, and their kinematic sequencing is off. Think of the value of being able to recalibrate that by knowing what to do based on the findings of three functional movement screen. You should have you should have been doing this with me a long time ago because I was stuck you're at too three, far you're too far gone. <laughs> oh you're too far gone. I was no, stuck at three fifteen on a back squat and I'm telling you I was stuck for four months yeah. and then finally busted up and it jumped all the way to three sixty five. Right. Now that jump should never happen. You should never have that huge of an increase right. and that but but you're like well exactly what you're talking about. Like I mean I was playing a lot of basketball so Anything going into there, going into fatigue, going into any types of injuries I have, that's feeding into making me compensate, making me not be able to push through. Right. I got stuck there, and I needed you, and I didn't know this. <laughs> that's okay. Okay, so last... Well, we're here now. Yeah, we got two more. Two more for uh, the fitness trainers. Absolutely. Uh, uh, well, I think I think I answered two and one in the last one there. That's but true. bringing yeah. people in and, uh, and then obviously you know, adding a new service to re-engage them and get them into personal training... Um, you know, the, the third is using this technology, uh, you know, obviously to, we talk about monetization, right? Again, and, and you're starting to notice a trend here, but the third point is use the reports and the data and the information that you're able to acquire and send it to practitioners. Definitely. You know, draw 
draw more people in by trying to uh, go through referral systems. There's nothing better than that. Right? Okay. Yeah. That's. Yeah. I mean, that's it. So. We, we haven't given much love to our athletic trainers out there. So that's something that we, we need to talk about real quick. Yes. Athletic trainers. I'm from Texas. Right. Baseball, football. Right. What, how am I using the kinetosense and what am I using? Like, what am I doing as an athletic trainer for my whole football team? Right. I, I mean, yeah, exactly. Athletic trainers are really kind of that hybrid between, uh, because they, they treat, they treat, uh, injury. they treat everything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everything. They're kind of the super practitioner. Yeah. Let's say, let's, so to speak. Cause they. They treat all sorts of injuries. They also, uh, a lot of times, they're obviously training performance, right? Yep. Things like that. Um, so you talk about a sports team. Uh, the ability to be able to track improvements with the system uh, over the course of, of injury rehab, for instance, um, and then being able to pair that with the functional movement findings of performance. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the athletic trainers really are that. They're, they're kind of that uh, super superpower in the uh in the in the kinetics ecosystem right yeah definitely and um so and 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 the, you know it's kind of cool because these athletic trainers especially the ones that work with teams mm-hmm. they get to work with these athletes a lot of times on a day-to-day basis yeah for sure for the entire season and they're able to look at the trends in movement the improvements the regressions right that's that's incredibly powerful especially when you have a system that can track that data oh yeah yeah so yeah, it takes it takes their training, it takes the the, the rehab that they're doing uh, to a whole other level now, and the engagement that you have of the athlete, right? Yeah. And then being able to communicate that with the medical staff or directors or what have you um, of of that program. Right? So I have seen different Kairos PTs and everybody, athletic trainers as well, use this for concussion balance testing and concussion baselining. You haven't talked much about that. And that's something I want you to, so, to mention yeah, in demo because that's... this is something we're going to have another talk about <laughs> because that is so huge because of football, I yeah. mean, soccer, yeah. baseball, every sport, basketball, hitting the head on the court, everything has yeah. been hockey. You know, that's a really, it's a really big passion of, of mine. Uh, it's an area that, that uh, well, I, you know, I, I, played, I played NCAA hockey and, and I had a bunch of concussions along the way. Jeez. And, but they were never dealt with properly. Um, you know, I can remember playing junior hockey and absolutely getting run over. I, I was a goalie. Uh, getting run over in my crease and my, my helmet was knocked off. I hit my head against the ice and I was knocked out cold for probably 30 to 45 seconds. And, and that had... And I remember actually driving back on the, or being on the bus with the team and just throwing up the whole night and never, was never referred to anyone to, to deal with, with my symptoms. And I was actually told to go back on the ice, you know, within three days. And that is incredibly dangerous, especially with, you know, all of the information, the research. I mean, concussions are a big thing now. My job just dropped. It lit my mouth really yeah. open. And, and so that, I was just completely mismanaged, in, in part because we didn't have great assessment tools. And, and, and second, we just didn't have a whole lot of information on sure. it at the time. Science changes um, in advance. Exactly. So it's funny now because balance is one of the main components of concussion analysis and baseline. Yeah. And you have to have baseline information on an athlete to know after they're concussed, you know, are, are, how far off of normal are they? Because every athlete's different, right? Every athlete's going to have a different balance score, you know, so on and so forth. And believe it or not, the balance component 
of the concussion assessment is has been done visually, yeah. like even in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. So you have someone with a clipboard, you know, analyzing someone's balance and trying to write jot stuff down. It's subjectively. So with our system, we're able to uh, trace with with a single front facing camera because it has depth perception, okay. sonar like rays. We're able to actually trace their sway. So sway, what I mean by sway is their, their um, you know, left to right movement as they bounce or forward, you know, forward and back movement, but also the frontal plane. So the tilts of the frontal planes of the shoulders, the hips. That would mean shoulders or hips coming higher yeah, for a frontal plane. Or, or tilting left or right as exactly. they balance, right? So we take all that data and we run it through our algorithm system right after the assessment is done. Within two seconds, you get scoring uh, for balance of the head, the shoulders, uh, mid-torso, the hips, the knees, right? So this is one of the only systems really in the world that breaks balance down by the segment of the body and then gives you an overall score and it's, it's from zero to 100. So we know, based on the research that we've done, is that after someone sustains a concussion, they normally drop about 30 points on the scale. Jeez. So as they're healing from their concussion or being managed for their concussion, you can reassess them with the system and start to see them trend towards baseline again and know when they're safe to go back and play. Whether you want to manage it or not and sign off on that is up to you. But you can at least provide that data to the medical practitioner or the chiropractor that is able to sign off on it. Um, we even have trainers that are doing concussion baseline screens. That's awesome. They're not, managing, they're not managing the concussions. They're just providing the baseline and the reassessments. That's and then awesome. providing that data to whoever's so that's protection for the athletes. Absolutely, it's it's completely objective, and it's been validated uh, against the gold standard of the Vicon system. Those those massive, uh, you know, expensive, yeah, <laughs> university laboratory systems that right? no one has access to. But yet we have, I mean, we can take this system anywhere. That's right? awesome. our system anywhere. It's portable. It's 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 affordable. It's it's easy to use. Well, I am going to cut us right there. We definitely did two episodes in one, and we went way over time that we were supposed to. But, I mean, all of the information was great. Dr. Kamo, thank you for coming on. Thank you for explaining what the Kineticin system can do for all of us, how we can use it, how, what strategies we can use, and giving us a little background on yourself. We really appreciate having you on. It's an absolute pleasure, Bo, and I, uh, I just thank you for this opportunity to... to Talk about a passion uh, of mine and, you know, some of the excitement and changes that, that we're making uh, in creating the Kinetosense ecosystem. Yeah, let's make changes in the world. All right. So thank you guys for tuning in. And Dr. Kamo will definitely be back for us again and multiple times. Again, thank you for tuning into this first episode of Kineticast. If you have a second, go onto your podcast app and leave us some feedback. On our next episode, we have Dr. Bill Morgan former chiropractor for Walter Reed National Military Medical Centers and current president of Parker University. Dr. Morgan will be speaking about the importance of biomechanics and motion analysis in healthcare. Our episodes will be released bi-weekly, so make sure to tune in in two weeks. I'm your host, Bo Sauls, and let's keep learning about movement, performance, and rehab together. <laughs>